After two years, the lights will shine bright in Singapore. Nick DeVries keeps the fire burning on silly season. F1 announces his largest calendar ever, and Ruben has officially become the master of baits. Let's jump the start. What's up, everybody? Welcome in Jump to Start Racing Podcast. Yep, yep. See, I got it this time, guys. <laughs> My name is Wellington. I'm here. We're, <laughs> we're uh, looking to discuss the, on this episode, we're looking to discuss the Singapore Grand Prix. A bunch of news. Silly season continues. The 2023 calendar is official. Monaco is extended. And like I just mentioned earlier, the Singapore Grand Prix. I'm here with Ruben. What's up? What's going on, guys? Yancy, how are you doing? Hi. Whoa. He was actually sound that energetic. You know why, right? It's because Ferrari hasn't let him down in the gotcha. last week or so. How, they can't <laughs> last race, not weeks. They can't let me more down than I already am. So, okay, guys. Before we get started, please make oh, sure to could. follow us at Jump to Start F One on Instagram and Twitter, and please make sure to leave a review and a comment on your favorite podcast platform at Jump to Start Racing Podcast as you're listening. So, Ruben, how was your weekend, my man? It was actually pretty good. Pretty good. Was it a was it a good length? No, nah, not the length. It was still, still too short. <laughs> but it was a pretty good weekend. Uh, we continue the tradition, I guess. Shout out to TDP. You know, TDP. Uh, Yancy, how are you doing? I'm doing well. That was your weekend. It was a good weekend. Not a great one, but a good weekend. Okay. So, guys, let's jump into it. The news. So, silly season continues so all right it's official last there's just been so much drama so it's like the rubik's cube like right at the end you're trying to get those last couple pieces in place <laughs> Damn. right you're, you're, you're spinning it like crazy and it's like oh like the I white guess, pieces over yes, there i guess he's good at that because i'm horrible at that thing it's wellington bro <laughs> I, I always miss the last couple pieces so, so wellington is not employed by an f1 team because he doesn't want to yeah fia denies colton herta officially denies him the license needed to race in F1. That was going to be, I guess, the domino that sets off. Originally, that was going to be the domino that sets off a lot of the remaining moving parts. He was supposed to slip into the AlphaTauri seat. Uh, he, that, that's who uh, Christian Horner and Helmut Marko wanted to jump in there after the rumor of Pierre Gasly moving to Alpine. What are... So I know, Yancy, you had a lot to say about the whole Colton Herta and super license thing. What are your thoughts on the official denial? It doesn't surprise me because the FI wants to pr protect their structure structure uh, of having young drivers move up. Even though some of the best drivers on the grid, if this structure was in place, would have never been on the grid. Fernando Alonso... Sebastian Vettel, Max Verstappen, Max Verstappen, the current champ. world champ, the soon-to-be world two-time world champion. Um, but yeah, it sucks because honestly, I think F one misses an opportunity to get a young American driver. Considering we have three races on the calendar next year, um, and I think that American F one fans are clamoring for an American F one driver. And I think he's the best bet. I think he definitely has 
has, you know, uh, the resume and the wherewithal to be a successful driver in F1. I wouldn't say a world champion, but definitely a solid point score in F1, if given the right car, obviously. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess uh, he's going to have to um, step his game up next year in the, the IndyCar Championship to get the points to make it. He has to do it. I want to take it as it was, it was maybe not the right time to bring him. But I, I was bummed out that he didn't go through. I thought he was actually going to go through, with, you know, with flying colors due to the fact that, what you, you know, the American market is demanding this. We need this. We need to, all this gear was going to fly off the shelf if this guy would have been in F1. Mm-hmm. So there was going to be a, a ton of money behind him to be made by F1 as a whole and gain more fans, more Americanized fans, more true hard American, you know, racing fans were going to come come over the ones that are still on the fencing of being loyal every you know week and week mm-hmm. out and stuff like that so i think it sucks but he should be in f1 um i don't know I, I, there what i'm i'm seeing here something first of all you have an american team in andretti who wants to be in f1 and, and yep. they're getting basically I want to say blackball, but they're given the cold shoulder by all the teams in F1 in order for them to join the grid, which is another opportunity to, you know, to conquer the, the American market. And now you deny Colton Hurd a, an entrance into F1, even though he definitely, one, we discussed the point system and seeing that IndyCar should be ha- ranked as good as F2, if not higher, mm-hmm. as far as getting the points. Um... I think that F1 is is missing an opportunity. I hope that things thaw out to give one not, give the opportunity for an American F, another American F1 team, a real American F1 team because I obviously, obviously Haas is an American team, but most of their operations are based in actually in Italy, Silverstone, and they have a small base out I think it's in Kentucky or where Haas is located. Here. Oh no, it's in North Carolina, I believe it is. So I think I, I just wish that things would thaw out a little bit so more Americans being teams and drivers can enter F1. Do you think that uh so Colton Hurd is actually associated with Andretti Autosport? He is on their racing team here in yes. IndyCar. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that had something to do with the denial? I don't know. Um it could be. Uh, you know, the politics are heavy in racing, especially when it comes to sponsors. Um, and it's crazy. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, and, and it looks like if Court Herter was to come into the team, uh, I know that Andretti runs Honda engines. So they were going to go to Red Bull, which runs oh, Honda engines. Actually, I never even put that together. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't, you know, again, I don't know. I don't know what... What are the internal politics that's going on behind the scenes? And I feel like they're just putting Andretti through the grind. Like it doesn't make sense because they it make just collectively they would make so much more money, yeah. even yeah. if they bring in a team, another team to divide it. And it it's gonna and it's gonna be a viable team for many years. It's not gonna be one of these teams that are just gonna be like a you know like a striker, year, or, yeah, or something like that, or a yeah. Caterham or yeah. something like that. So I I don't I don't know what what is maybe they want. Uh, the teams want have more equity in their teams before they start letting more teams in because it feels like it lessens their value considering that they have the cost cap 
I don't know what's the thinking that goes into it, but if you open, I mean, the penetration into the American F1 market, even though it's a larger share now, it's still not as big at as big as it potentially can be. Yes. And it could be larger if you have a team like Andretti, um, which was started by, you know, Mario Andretti, the only the only F one American F one champion ever. Um, and you have a young talent, an exciting talent as Colton Herta, who just, you know, when he's on, he's he's on, bro. The dude is really good. Um, and and it's, an established name in racing already. You know, have a driver like Herta because he's absolutely. been around for a little while already. Yeah, absolutely. So we're not you're not getting just you know, ain't nobody. You're getting a name. He's out one. Of this. Listen, it's hard to win. It's hard to win a race in IndyCar. He's won seven. Well, you know, so because there's more parity in the, in IndyCar. Mm-hmm. It, it's hard, it, you know, it's hard to win a race in IndyCar, and he's won seven. I think the guy definitely deserves a chance to be an F1 driver. Okay. Speaking of young established names, here's one that's not. <laughs> Nicholas Latifi and um, Williams seem to be parting ways at the end of this year. Uh, Thank God. Not much to say, right? Sayonara, sayonara, see you later. 55 race entries for Nicholas Latifi. Uh, seven career points. He's been outshone by every single one of his teammates by a lot mm-hmm. in his F1 Williams career, including Nick DeVries, who only drove <laughs> one race. Mm-hmm. In his first race, he beat Nicholas Latifi uh, by a lot. So A yeah. week after week driver in that car. He just came in on an uh, unknown car. Uh, yeah. I performed mean, uh, that way. So really the question here is, there is a lot of talent out there that is not able to punch their way into F1. Mm-hmm. Here we have a pay driver who is not very talented. Is this the end of, of pay drivers for the for, for the foreseeable future? It's kind of going towards that route. Right, the only it's guy more, that's left on the grid that died. as F one becomes more viable for yes. financially, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as that, it becomes more the, re, the the reason the reason why is is what you said is just is the cost cap. They, you know, they don't need to keep up with a four hundred million dollar budget like a Mercedes or a Ferrari has. Red Bull, you know, or. Even Red Bull. I mean, uh, but Red Bull, I think, only went up to like 300 million. It's still a lot of money. <laughs> only, only, only 300 million. Ruben's, Ruben's pocket change. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, <laughs> wow. But either way, they just, that they don't have to do that. It, it, one, it makes the teams more valuable because mm-hmm. you don't have, you, you have a, a, a better distribution of money and you know, you're not desperate to find sponsors or anything like that. It just, it, it's, I'm I'm glad that this is happening. Yeah, I think this is part of the the next phase mm-hmm. for Williams, where they because of the budget, not having a budget cap in the past, they were extremely suffering for money, and, and they, they, they had huge... to make moves like this. And now they're just coming out of that place. That yeah, they were. and they also got a bit a huge cash infusion with the new yeah. owners. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Like, the, and they're in coming Dorito, out of, of in Doritos Capital, Dorito. <laughs> Dorito. 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 Capital. Yeah. So. Latifi's gone. Colton Herta denied super license. 
Yuki Sonoda to stay with AlphaTauri for 2023. I think that his contract was already set up for that route, uh, but uh, I guess they came out and made it official. Um, he is a, a Japanese driver, Honda-backed, mm-hmm. so it, it's whatever. It's just kind of um, kind of stating the obvious because they, they already had, uh, to me, this was already done. I don't think they had anybody else to bring into that seat anyways. I mean, the, the fact that they were going to, I mean, they're going to lose Pierre Gasly. Mm. Um, not yet. Well, not yet. Are I they? mean, they're going to lose him next year. Uh, they don't have anybody who's ready in the, in, in the, in the can. In, yeah, in the can. And as far as the, the, their, their driver academy. And you know that because they were willing to bring in Colton Herta yeah. into the fold. So, I mean, yeah. Well, who else are you going to put in there? Keep up with you. I'm looking at Ruben because I'm expecting him. I was expecting him to say Nico Hulkenberg, but no. obviously he did not. Um, <laughs> I don't want to get killed by you guys anymore. <laughs> not today, I guess. So along those same I mean, as lines. As long as his brain doesn't overheat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, man, Yuki Sonoda, he talk about. Can I, all right, I'm going to read you his finishes from. Monaco on 1713 retired, 1416 retired, 1913 retired, 14. So I guess in two more races he'll retire because that's the pattern. But man, talk about talk about a waste of maybe I shouldn't say it that way. Talk about potential that still needs to be unlocked with Yuki Sonata. And yeah. that's saying talk about not performing. Nice, and the, the car nice the way. car sucks this year too. Yeah, so. even Gasly, the great, is uh, yeah. struggling to perform. Ferrari boss. Mattia Bonato set for talks with Schumacher over his F1 future. So we already know that uh, Mick Schumacher was a Ferrari Driver Academy graduate. Uh, He ended up in the hot seat in part because of that and obviously his name. Right now, he is rumored as somebody that might not even be retained for next year with Haas which would open up another potential seat, which we will talk about all the seats uh, open right after this. But what what the heck does Bernardo, like, wh- why is he even talking to this guy? <laughs> For our... Am I bugging or like, why, why would I even, I, if I'm him, I'm like, yo, just get the hell out of here, dog. You played me. This is a very, this you is played like me. A, you this... played me. If I'm Schumacher, yo, you played me. <laughs> It's like a version of like Ferrari nepotism. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's not really what it is. I don't know, man. I, I find this weird because obviously he, it was announced that he was he was leaving the Ferrari Driver Academy. Um, you know, obviously we all know Michael Schumacher is F1 royalty. The team that he won the most championships with, five, was with Ferrari. Mm-hmm. He actually brought Ferrari back to the glory days. From the doldrums of F1 to the glory days to make Ferrari what it is now. Um, well, currently. <laughs> yes, he needs to come up with a hat, right? A red, bright red hat. And on the front, make Ferrari great again. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I think that would be so it's good. It's red hat. Yo. I have the letters oh. in yellow. I have the letters in the yellow. Oh, man. That would be so perfect. Make Ferrari great again. Dude, I think if I walk down the streets of New York City with that, it'll get mistaken for another red hat. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not going down that route. Um, 
<laughs> wow. Even though it is a great idea. <laughs> I think you should make it. Uh, <laughs> I think you should. Uh, yeah. uh, all right. Sorry about that. Yeah, but uh, no, nah, it's it's Ferrari nepotism at its finest. Um, listen, I think he can. He, if they're gonna bring him, they're gonna bring him into the fold at Ferrari. He'll probably be like a development driver or a backup driver. Um, and I think that's a good opportunity for him. Uh, I think it would be better for him to have a full-time F1 seat, maybe to see what he can yeah. uh, actually do in a car that's semi-competitive because the Haas is not... I don't know, man. Haas is weird this year. Last year, they sucked. This year, they started off well, but... But that's what they do pretty much yeah. over the last couple of years. They start up super hot and then they diminish. But the thing is that he also, he's also getting beat by Kevin Magnussen, which is he's an F1 veteran and... But and in order for you, last year, yeah. But in order for you to move up in the F one ladder, you need to be your teammate, and you need to be teammates who are considered, you know, at least a, a, a good point scorers. And Kevin Magnussen is that. Yeah. So if you can't beat him, who else are you really going to beat on the grid? No, and then with um with Ferrari is weird because Ferrari have Giovinazzi in the back burner there. Mm-hmm. And they also have uh, the other kid. He was an F2 runner-up in, uh, in 2021. Schwartzman. So are you going to... Schwartzman is driving in, in F2. Oh, no, he left no, F2. No, in the car. Jeez. Yeah. So, so they have the, you know two people that are obviously a better rank again. That you mentioned, like, man, we got Jovan. Kalamaila, too, is driving in the car. Right, so I wanted to go through it. Yeah. <laughs> so go we ahead. saw Robert Schwartzman at the race, at the last race. He was just there in the paddock, I, I believe. Yeah. So we have Robert Schwartzman, we have Mick Schumacher, we have Callum Eilat. They're all kind of they were all kind of together as that very talented group of drivers, right? There's Arthur Leclerc, Charlie mm-hmm. Crowther. Yeah, he's coming up too. Then we have there, Giovinazzi there, available too. What's up? Giovinazzi is development driver for the most reserved driver. Giovinazzi is also that's always on the Giuliano Alessi gone, but not forgotten. So, uh, reason I bring it up is that we saw all the issues with Alpine's development driver, Alpine Renault's development drivers. Contract issues. <laughs> the, the, they the paper didn't go through. Seat, they can't get a seat. Yeah. So it's now, true. yo, if it's me, like, where where do I go if I'm a young driver to try and get a seat to try and make sure that I have the best shot possible to see? There's only one name out there that I would join. Which one? Total Wolf. Mercedes. Yeah. He takes care. Not just Mercedes, but he's. Just, I feel like he's just got Total so Wolf much, management. He's got so much influence. Yeah, across the the paddock, but. It's just, it's sad that, and we just talked about pay drivers. It's sad that these pay drivers have taken up these seats where there is so much talent. You know, Guan Yu Zhou was also a Ferrari because he's with Alfa Romeo. Right? Mm-hmm. He actually came up as Alpine, but then switched over to Ferrari. <laughs> but there's just a lot of names out there that get stuck at Formula 2, then have to go to Formula E or go somewhere else because there's no spots available in Formula 1. I made a mistake. Schwarzman is not in an IndyCar. So that was Calamaila that's in IndyCar. But yeah, um, the thing is that that's the whole point. This is why I don't get why they're not willing to bring on more teams. Because you have such a big pool of talented exactly. drivers exactly. that deserve a shot. And then what happens is, and we've seen there with so many drivers that they just don't get the shot, but they have the potential so not only be successful drivers in F1, but could be potential F1 champions. I got a question that I, or that F1 championship challengers. I got a curiosity that I'm actually going to look the answer like pretty much for like maybe the next podcast. But what is the age or retirement age of an F1 driver? 
Well, I mean, we talked about how I think Lewis Hamilton was 37 on the last episode. Uh, Sebastian Vettel is 37 or mm-hmm. 38. Alonso's there. Alonso is a little older. I think he's 41. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's no real retirement age. Mika Hakkinen still hasn't retired. So. <laughs> no, but that's three spots right there. Though. Right, but 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 think, <laughs> it's you know. When, it, but are you going to say Lewis Hamilton? You're not good enough to race. <laughs> Fernando Alonso, you're not good enough to. You can't, right? Because they're still good enough to race, yeah. and not just good enough, but they are very competitive at the top. Yes. So now you see Daniel Ricciardo matriculating out. He's because he's just not good enough. Mm-hmm. Listen, with the condition, with the condition that these drivers are in now, uh, look at Fernando Alonso. Fernando's like forty-two, and he's still and he's still killing. and he's still killing it. Um, obviously, you used to see that back in the day. You saw you saw older he's drivers. Forty-one, July 29th. Yeah, you saw older drivers, but they weren't up to the level that they are now and the conditioning wasn't as good. Mm-hmm. I think the person who actually introduced like being like your physical condition as being part of the program in driving was Michael Schumacher. Yep. He was a pioneer in that. Gotcha. The and, prepping. Yeah. So or being anybody, up the park kind of stuff. Yeah, anybody after that, like, dude, if you want to be an F1 champion, you got to be as fit as Michael Schumacher. So I'm sorry, Vettel was 35, Hamilton's 37. Schumacher is, I'm sorry, Fernando Alonso's 41, just yeah. to confirm that. But, and, and Kimi was in his 40s, and he was still a, a viable driver point score for Alfa Romeo yeah. before he retired last year. Yeah. So, obviously, the condition that these drivers are in, they're going to last longer. Yeah. So, you're not going to have this revolving door as fast as you want it to be. If you're good. If you're, if you're good. If you're yeah. good. Mm-hmm. I mean... Sebastian Vettel's retiring because obviously he's not gonna get a decent seat, and he's his his performance has fallen off the past three years, and maybe he has other things that he wants to do. Well, I I think that he would still be in that seat, and that seat is what him well they wanted him there, right? He yeah. his retirement is what opened up this whole mm-hmm. this whole chain re- again for Sebastian Vettel making a move. Yeah, is what created retiring. The- yeah. But you're not going to have this revolving door where you have 33, 34, 35-year-old retiring, opening up for drivers who are 18, 19, and 20 now because they come in younger. Yeah. So they're leaving later, and they come in younger. What is this going to... In the future, if you look at that, what's going to happen? The bottleneck. You need, you need more teams. Yeah. So the next person up, Sergio Perez is 32. da 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 Um... <laughs> Yeah. No, so um, so there's that, right? So we just talked about Ferrari and Schumacher for for the Haas seat and his potential future. So we know for sure that there is the Williams seat that is open, and there's what's the other seat? The other Alpine seat, Alpine seat that is open. So the speculation is that Pierre Gasly is going to fill that Alpine seat. It's a French team. He's a French driver. He's obviously does not have the bright, shiny, light future with Red Bull, mm-hmm. right? So there's just he's kind of capped at this point. The next move is a lateral move away from the Red Bull program, mm-hmm. just like Danny Ricardo. So right, either way, right now there's two seats open. So we have to assume. So 
there's an article on Yahoo of all places that the title is Nicholas. I'm sorry, not Nicholas Latif. <laughs> what the hell was it? Here it is. Pierre Gasly and Nick DeVries are now the keys to the 2023 F1 lineup. Here's what we know and what is still rumored. So there is a rumor that Nick DeVries appears to be the front runner for that Alpha Tar receipt, quote unquote. What? Yeah. That is that is the rumor, right? Because technically Helmut Marco was impressed with <laughs> Nick DeVries. And he's also Dutch. Like our boy Max. And know each other too. Yeah. Orange Army. Um Orange Army. To mm-hmm. grow more. So I mean think about it. If you're Nicholas Latifi, I'm not Nicholas Latifi, Nick DeVries. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> if you're Nick that's the second time I did it. Yep. You seconds. want him back? Yeah, apparently I do. <laughs> if you're Nick DeVries, you got to go, you got to follow Oscar Piastri, right? You can't settle for the Williams. You don't know where Williams is going to be. You know Alpha Tari is a little bit more competitive. Not by much, but a little bit more competitive. Uh, I don't think that you're going to see any other drivers have the balls that Piastri had <laughs> in... For what? Because because the reason why Piastri had the balls is because he knew that he had a contract already signed with McLaren. Yeah. Okay. So, so if he doesn't have that contract signed with McLaren, do you think that that Piastri is going to close the door no. on an F one seat? Yeah, but team? if if Helmut Marco wants him for AlphaTauri, I go to fucking AlphaTauri, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Right? I don't go I'd to rather, Williams. I'd rather well, be in. Yeah, but, I'd rather be in the F one in the in the Red Bull program because the because they have a proven record of bringing F one drivers. I mean, I'll, up I'll to the big team, to the big team, and at least giving them a shot. Yeah, so that's true. That's my. They question. might treat them like. No wait, because the the ghastly release, it will be if Con- they find if they find somebody fit, to fit that a fit talent. Mm-hmm. So, so that's, you know, here's my question. That's a big writer. <laughs> Does do you think that there is a provision in there for him to be able to join the top team, take Sergio Perez's place? Talking Ooh. about DeVries? Yeah. Ooh. If he goes to AlphaTauri. Ooh. It's got to be, right? If I'm Nick DeVries, why like would prom- I take At least that? promises. Why like, would you, I take you, that deal? No, like a promise. Of, yo, if you perform, you're going to be you're the next surgeon. I, I, don't, I, I don't think that Helmut Marko and Christian Horner would give that provision, though. They, I don't think they would give the provision, but it would be behind the doors like, yo, you know, if you do really well. well why wouldn't the, you? Well, that's the... Mm? Why wouldn't you give it to if Nick DeVries? Per- if the guy performs, yeah, but that's the, but that's the whole point. You don't the, the reason why the the Red Bull Driver Academy is the Red Bull Driver Academy. Remember, the Red Bull Driver Academy has a track record of not only bringing drivers up. But the reason why their drivers uh-huh. are good is because they are ruthless. They will cut you off in, at the knees if yeah, you don't perform. Red Bull has something that. So the so yeah, you can you can say, listen, I'm gonna bring you into the program, but I'm not guaranteeing you anything. You perform, then you have a chance to make the F1 yeah. team. But they're not gonna write that into the contract. I would. <laughs> but you're not helping. I know, Marco. but what I'm saying is I would because you're says, too nice of a guy. But listen, <laughs> but he says it in big bold letters. You must perform. To be a, to get a chance at the big seat, that's it. But so, that's implied. That's, that's like giving him a seat. That's, that's... You're not performing, dude. So I, gotta, I not... gotta take a step back and I gotta I gotta address. Yeah, Red Bull has a track record, right, of mm-hmm. bringing their drivers in their drivers program into the F1. Mm-hmm. They also have two teams. That's something no other team has. And one of the teams they're looking to. This it's rumored they're looking to sell. 
but they yeah, have two teams. Right now, they have yeah. two teams. They yeah. they can put four of their drivers onto the grid, right? Mm-hmm. So then here's the question, right? If you're Nick DeVries and you're now at Alpha Tori, understand that all these promises that you're getting made, they mm-hmm. also made to Yuki Sonoda. Of course. But he's not performing. But in paper, he's not doing crap. He's <laughs> Nick over, DeVries he's just showed. He's overheating. He's overheating. <laughs> And I honestly think that DeVries is a better driver than we've seen it. He's Yuki performed in he's, he's he's won he's won the F2 championship. He won the Formula E championship. And look at the way he performed coming in the first race. You know, Williams. Come on, bro. He's and he and everybody, everybody the sentiment around the entire paddock is that Nick DeVries deserves to be an F1 driver. And that was before his performance. Yeah, yeah. Yes, he's right. We just need more teams. Yeah, that's the way to clear up this bottleneck. But I mean, you can I, technically, I think, in the bylaws or in the Concord Agreement, you can you can have up to two 12, more teams, up to twelve teams, up to total. twelve teams. Jeez. Why not? 20. More competition, more fighting for points, and you have drivers that get an opportunity to drive. Especially now, why not, yes. dude? You have thirty cars. Uh, that compete in a in an indie car race. Right. Look at the amount of cars that you see in WEC. Why can't you have that in an F1 track? NASCAR, Nice Liga. Oh, forget about it, bro. Yeah. Come on. You have 20 cars. Why can't you go up to 24? Yeah. The only, like, qualifying would be a disaster. Like, Q1, that would just be a lot of cars. I mean, the, they yeah, would, the but they've done it before. Yeah, they've done it before. It's been... It, they had, what, they had Caterham and... and uh, Spiker. What, what was and, the... Uh, what was uh, the Jordan and... Yeah. Uh, well, Jordan was bought out by Red Bull, yeah, so yeah. technically they're still there. No, there was a Carlin. They had Carlin. I think it was Carlin. Carlin's F2. Yeah, but I think Carlin. I know. Tyrell, I think was. Who knows? Oh, Marusha. There you go. I oh, know, but Marusha was also, it became Alpha Tori. <laughs> so. No, they became Scuderia Toro also. Yes, sir. Alpha Tori. Yeah. So, it's a bygone conclusion, right, that somehow, someway, Pierre Gasly is going to be on Alpine. Yeah, I don't. Right. I don't why? Why keep it. this guy? He doesn't even want to be there. So then that means that Alpine has to bring one driver in for a year. Next year, that would be that would be crappy if they don't if they he if he doesn't get that seat. Yeah, but then again, now uh, Alpine has this so-called reputation that nobody wants to drive for them. Still mm-hmm. enough. There, there's one person that wants to drive from this. Esteban Hocar? No, Pierre Gasly. No. So, um, all right. Definitely be a better a better team to drive for than AlphaTauri at this point. Driver that's floating out there. And nobody mentions. Floating out there. Daniel Ricciardo. Open to year out of F1 to take two steps forward in 2024. <laughs> you okay? <laughs> I'm okay. I'm just... I'm thinking that in the year that in the year that we're looking to shove more talent into F1 next year, we're losing the pay driver, Nicholas Latifi. There's still one more pay driver out there, by the way, Lance Stroll. Yep. Um, he is definitely not losing his seat. But he's definitely way better than Nicholas Latifi. We got to give him that credit. He's yes. way yeah, better than is, Nicholas he Latifi. Is, he, is. he definitely has uh, more uh, uh, better moments than Nicholas Latifi. Nicholas Latifi has no moments. At least Nick Lanstro has some moments where you can see, but like, all right, he's not bad. But it, it, to me, it's still crazy that Daniel Ricciardo, who's at, who's still pretty talented, despite what's happened this year and last year, 
still a pretty talented guy to the point where he's talking about taking off next year. If he takes off next year, what seat's going to open up for him? Hmm. I don't think any. You better be careful. I'm of the firm belief that... Super sub. Um, take Hulkenberg's spot. I'm of the firm <laughs> belief that I just think that Ricardo's issues are more to do with the car. Me too. Than his driving style. I mean, granted, a top tier driver, uh, say like a Max Verstappen, Lewis Hamilton, uh, Lando Norris, Lando Norris. Well, I mean, these are drivers that you give them a car and they will adjust their driving style to make sure that that car goes quick. We have found out through this process that Daniel Ricciardo is not one of those drivers, but if you give him the right car, mm-hmm, aka mm-hmm. the Red Bull or even the Renault, he can put that car on a podium mm-hmm. or win a race mm-hmm. if given the opportunity. With the McLaren, he did that. Mm-hmm. So a team would still want him. However, it's not going to be for next year. There have been rumors that he would be the Mercedes development driver. That would be nuts. I don't know how viable that is, but that would be smart for him because he would be under Total Wolf's stable of drivers, which we know that Total Wolf has a record of getting drivers into F1 and keeping them there if they perform, obviously. So that would be a good move for him. What he said is take a step backwards, take two steps forward. That would be nuts. And getting paid. And if he joins Mercedes, we don't know how how much more or how much longer Lewis Hamilton would want to be exactly driving. Right. He can slip into that Mercedes. So which is still a top car. Which is. which is worth a discussion. Who replaces Lewis Hamilton if he decides to hang it up next year, two years from now, wherever it is? Right now they so they had George Russell. They don't have anybody there right now. Mm-mm. You put Daniel Ricardo in that seat. That's the one okay. I feel like everybody would jump at that chance. Yeah, I think anybody would go. I, I would jump out of my skin. Max Verstappen. Oh, oof! I don't think so. No, that. I don't. Not, I don't. Uh, the, the way Red Bull is going right now, I don't see. <laughs> I don't see Max Verstappen going, going anywhere. anywhere. Why, why would you? Yeah. So, damn. So we just talked about Danny Ricardo. He won a race last year. Mm-hmm. Right. I want to talk about. Look, Lando Norris had 160 points. Right, he didn't win any races last year. He almost won, but he didn't. Russia. Daniel Ricciardo had 115 points, and that's including the first place and fastest lap in Italy, Monza. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. I, that's a big gap, even with that win. That's so nuts mm-hmm, to me. Mm-hmm. Anything else to talk about with silly season? We just spent like a half hour on that. Ah, uh, definitely. Honestly, man, I just wanted to be over. I want to. No, I don't. I love the drama. Nah. Gives us something to talk about. It has a lot, so many twists and turns, though. Thank you, Nick DeVries, for yeah. keeping it going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You made it more interesting. Yeah, yeah. way more interesting. He brought a, a little boomerang on. Yeah. yeah, here you go. I'm here too. We all we all love the intrigue. It's just at some yes. point it's like, uh, all right, we're still are we, here. What else gonna happen? <laughs> yeah, I think the reason why we're still here though is that we just have this long ass break. It's like a second summer break between races, so we're not hearing anything. Yeah. So I think so that's pretty much that what after Wednesday then get heated up again. Well, you know Thursdays are the days, yeah. man. I mean, we're recording Press Monday. Mm-hmm. We record on Monday, so Press Thursday day. we'll see. We'll see the things that come up. Okay, speaking of things that came up, the twenty twenty three Formula One 
calendar has been announced. 24 24 races. <laughs> some people don't feel that way. <laughs> yeah, no, 24. I, no, no, I, I clap because it's been announced, so at least we could plan some races if we were going to go to a race. Well, I, I don't know if we'll be able to afford to. Jesus. The way it's going to, it's true. <laughs> 24 races have been announced. Uh, I think this year we're doing 22, and the most has been 22, right? Because we're now, yeah. we have this weird two-week break because Russia was eliminated due to, they're still actually at war, which is nuts. We talked about no, this at the beginning of the year, yeah. and they're still at war. Well, that's not going to end anytime soon. So it's wild to even think, think about, about it. That, but yeah. Um, so yeah, Russia was eliminated. That's where it would be. Actually, thank you because I didn't want to see that race this year. <laughs> <laughs> but this year was going to be in the new track. In the, no, no, next year. Next year. Oh no. The new track, yeah. So preseason testing is scheduled to be February twenty third to twenty fifth. Bahrain is the season opener. Two weeks after that, Saudi Arabia. Two weeks after that, Australia. Two weeks after that, China. So this... China's back. China's back. Two weeks after that, Azerbaijan. So it's going to be a really slow start to the season. It's going to be every two weeks. We're going to be back to that same cadence. And then all of a sudden, they're going to go from Azerbaijan to Miami. Then two weeks to uh, to Emilia-Romagna, back to Imola. Then Monaco, then Spain, like back to back. It's going to start to... Like a three, what, yeah, what it's, a, it? it's a once triple it gets, header. A triple header. Yeah. Once it gets to Europe, it'll start. They're coming in thick and fast. I just don't understand why make it so. So, like for example, you could have done Bahrain and Saudi Arabia back to back weeks, then had a had a break. Whatever. Maybe I'm crazy. But what are your guys' thoughts? So one thing to mention: Las Vegas is on the calendar. It's after Brazil. It's scheduled for November 18th, which, by the way, is a Saturday night. Saturday night fever in Las Vegas mm. on the Strip. Isn't that the best night for it? I don't know. That means that the race is going to start here like at 11. For us here? Yeah. 11 p.m. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It starts at 8 over there. Well, let's, yeah. yeah. And then, well, what time uh, is that in Europe? Who knows? Plus who 7. Cares, it'll be dude. in the morning. It'll be early morning, it'll, like 6, 7 a.m. Okay. We do that every day. No, no. For us. Yeah, yeah. Every, now they know how, how, how we feel. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry to our Europeans. Let them, <laughs> let them suffer. A little. And the season is scheduled to end. <laughs> season is scheduled to end, man. So they go from is Las like, Vegas to Abu Dhabi, November 26th. That's uh, Thanksgiving weekend. I was going to say, is that Thanksgiving weekend? <laughs> yeah. Maybe. I don't know. It's got to be. Either way. It's a Sunday, though. No. It might be. Thanksgiving Thursday. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, yeah. It's the fourth. Yeah. So, yes, that, that would be Thanksgiving weekend. But um, any thoughts? I mean, yo, look, the first thing that jumps out at me is, so I'm going to jump to the end of the thing, right? Yeah, the 23rd is Thanksgiving. October 8th, Qatar. October 22nd, U.S. Grand Prix in Austin. The 29th is Mexican Grand Prix, which is fairly close. Then they go to Brazil, then back to the U.S. for Las Vegas, then back out. So they were in Qatar, then they go back out to Abu Dhabi for the Middle East. It's like, okay, guys, like, if you really, 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 and that's just a small snippet. Like, if we, we can jump back again, we could say Bahrain and Saudi Arabia, down to Australia, back up to China, all the way over to Azerbaijan, back to Miami, back over to Europe. It's like, dude, what are we doing here? Like, can we figure this out so that I thought we were supposed to be uh, fuel efficient and climate change happy, you know, snowflakes, all that stuff. What happened? (laughs) I don't, because they, they have these contracts that, that explicitly state that the race has to be held at this time of the year. It's ridiculous. So, kidding? for example, you know, even Liberty Media, Yas Marina contract is 
the the reason why when they came into the sport was because they promised him that it was going to be the the last race of the season. Meaning Bernie. Yeah, it was the last race of the season. The contract's still in place, and they built the track just for that. You know, that track did not exist before. Yeah, so yeah. they built that track just for yeah, that. And I bet you that Las Vegas, hey, Thanksgiving, or no, like, it's the week before Thanksgiving or whatever. You know, and the same thing with Australia. Australia is supposed to be on the calendar at the beginning of the year. Um, it was the home opener for them. It was. It was it, the opener for the season. The home, the home opener. <laughs> opener of the season for them. <laughs> what is this, baseball? Yeah, yeah. my bad. <laughs> You know, but these these races have to be there. Same thing with you know with Azerbaijan, like they have to be there at that time of the year. And then and, and, and you know it's it seems like these Middle East races, except for the first two, they're all just like sprinkled in as placeholders. Like you have Abu Dhabi at the end, you have Qatar, Qatar like in the middle, Qatar. Then you have Bahrain and Saudi Arabia right at the start. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you have, okay, so you have a couple of... I mean, at least the U.S. races are going to be on the same side of the world. What do you mean by that? Meaning, like, oh, I'm talking about the, the American races where you have USA, Mexico, and Brazil all together. And then Las Vegas, that's four races on this side of the world. And, and then so, you go fly all the way back out to... to yeah, to the... Yeah, but know, even at the, start of, at the start of the season or mid-season, mid-early season, Monaco, Spain, Canada. I'm sorry, Miami... Imola, Monaco, Spain, Canada, then back to Austria. I mean, whatever. I guess you could try and optimize this as much as you can. Remember, you're here from Miami. Yeah. Go to Italy, Monaco, Spain, then come back to, to Canada. Canada. Then go back to Austria. That never made sense to me. But that's another that's another race with um with Canada being That's a contract for them. That's a contract that for them. That's always in June. A, yeah? that's always in June. Yeah, because why does it make any sense? They're gonna be they start off the European the, the European season in Imola. Then they go to Spain. Monaco, Spain. They go to Monaco, Spain, and they go to Canada, and then come back to the to to Europe uh, with with Austria, and then and then uh, Silverstone right after. Same thing with Monaco. Monaco is always around that day too. It's it's always Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, for but us it's Americans. like every time the European season starts, it's like Canada, boom. Like the second, like the first or second race after the European season starts, it's like we're going to Canada. Like it doesn't. Yeah, but I don't, it doesn't they still make any speak sense. French in Montreal, so. Well, it you know what they do say that it is the most European city in in the Northeast in the in the no, no, northern no, North America. In, is it North America or the entire? We America? still had a blast when we go, so it could be I guess whatever in the they entire are. Americas, you're right. Canada. So there's a Montreal couple of triple awesome. headers. There's uh, Imola, Monaco, Barcelona as a triple header. Then there's also oh, I just had it. There's also USA, Mexico, and Brazil as a triple header. Oh, sure, United Kingdom too. No, that's a double. No? Yeah. Oh, my bad. Not, not head. My bad. <laughs> You're talking about triple headers. My bad. Um, weren't there a lot of complaints this this year about the mechanics and no, being was, overworked? And... Remember in the past, they were complaining about the triple headers. Remember what, the first time we had it was like two that year. Yeah. Like, oh, no, it's almost impossible for us to yeah. have it. We're not going to have this or not. We have another. <laughs> yeah. Especially like Azerbaijan, Miami, like back to back. Okay. Double header. But it's still traveling. Whatever. Maybe I'm just barking up a wrong tree. Jeez. Well, at least they don't. I mean, they don't. How many? Tri they only have one triple header. At the end, and then uh, in the middle over there. Oh, dude, yeah, in America. Yeah, Imola, Monaco, and Spain is a triple header. Yeah. And then USA, so Mexico, and Brazil, Brazil are triple headers as well. I don't know, man. And then, and then there's so much space between the first couple of races. They can technically add one more race to the calendar. Where? Well, I'm not talking about next year. I'm just saying 
Oh, they can go 25 up to 25 the races. Please. Look, I, I love Formula One, right? But you, you got to think about the people that are doing the work. Like, this is really going to be now a year. And it's a world championship, meaning that you're going all. It's not like you're in, like, it's not like here in the U.S. or if you're in the European continent. Like, we're talking about going all over the world. So that must be really tough. And the the amount of hours that these guys take just to build these race cars. Talking about, like, how do you maintain like peak mental condition? How do you maintain and physical condition? Like, if you got young kids, like, what, what do you do? What do you do? I mean, you get the yeah. summer break, I guess, and then the the winter break. <laughs> get December and January, bro. Then it's on to testing. <laughs> Nothing. So, what is you get the summer break, bro. Okay. Yeah, but I'll That's tell you bro. what. If two give, weeks, if summer. you get a job in F one, what are you doing? I'm going to work in F one. <laughs> That's the point. <laughs> Yo, look, I'll, and I gotta say this: if she was here, she would slap me in my face. My wonderful girlfriend but there is there are things that you work for in your life as a man that like the moment you reach that pinnacle mm-hmm. right that is your dream that is your goal like that's what i'm doing yeah and uh which yeah. is uh having a kid right that's the <laughs> pinnacle of the goal Having a family. That's what I yeah. meant to say. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm <laughs> That's sure. What I meant. That's exactly what Way to clean it up. <laughs> yeah. I want to make sure I'm not misconstrued. Welcome back. Welcome back. <laughs> you, you cleaned it up there. It's one of those things where she, I was like, wait a second, man. Yeah, did I just say something? <laughs> <laughs> and this is the only podcast she will listen to. Uh, anyway. So along with the uh, calendar... Right, like at all of these, she'll choose this one. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so, so I was the, listening to your podcast yeah, last yeah. week. Guess what I heard? Yeah. <laughs> so the Monaco Grand Prix, as part of this calendar talk, was extended out to 2025. Kind of is what it is, right? Yeah, I, it's I mean, never I gonna leave. It should honestly, it should never leave. But we'll I don't see. know the details of it because there was a lot of things surrounding. Like, so there's there's a hosting fee for them. Many Monaco's annual fee, which is believed to be around fifteen million dollars, was around mm-hmm. half of what many other F one venues uh, delivered. So F one was eager for it to be more in line with what it gets elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So it's supposed to be improved towards F one. Monaco has made concessions, but okay. like you said, there's not a lot of details. details. Okay. Uh, I mean, again, Monaco, Monaco is it's just fun to watch. It's not going anywhere. It's not going to go nowhere. Uh, qualifying is what the... Well, is the actual there. race. Yeah. I mean, with the, especially these cars that are so big. These cars, these cars are the size of like lengthwise of like a fifteen passenger van. Okay, are you kidding me? No, I'm not, dude. Well, would you think go how back? big, how long that is? Yeah, will you go back? I would go back and I would pay double. There you go, yeah. and I would be happy to do it. I, I mean, okay. I've never Thank been, and I, I would. Definitely what is it? Lick the stamp and send it. Fuck, it. send me out there. Put me in a briefcase, suitcase, yeah. whatever. Thank you. Okay, I have the same the same belief on that. Too. What you would go back and I spend would, double? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, that's just kind of is what it is. Uh, if you definitely can, definitely go experience Monaco Grand Prix. So, with all that said, anything else, boys, as far as news? Nope. Singapore Grand Prix preview. Da, 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 da. Um, it's actually our first Singapore Grand Prix preview since we started during the <laughs> pandemic, yeah. and they haven't had one since 2019. So, this is the first race in three years at Singapore. 
The last race there was when Sebastian Vettel overtook Charles Leclerc in the pits. 2019. Yeah, right. That yeah. was that crazy mm-hmm. undercut lap. So Ferrari won two. Before we get into it, let's make sure. Ruben, da 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 da. Okay, so I got a couple of questions in trivia. Here we go. Mm-hmm. I got an easy one for you guys. Easy. Mm-hmm. Let's see if it's easy. What year was the first? You know. Okay, I'm in the wrong the wrong notes. Sorry, guys. <laughs> You have one job. He was about to read Monza. No, Silverstone, because oh. the same ass. Silverstone. Silverstone and Singapore's in your Are ass. Are you kidding me? All right, what year was the first Singapore Grand Prix out? 2014. No. 2011? You guys were off by Way a couple off. of years. It was actually 2008 and was won by Alonso, and it was the with the help of PK by Crashgate. Oh, yeah. That was the first it one. It was that long ago? Yeah. That was the first one. 2008? How did we forget? <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Oh, my God. That was the first. That was the <laughs> first one. That was crazy. Congratulations. You played yourself. <laughs> wow, we were off by a lot. Yeah. yeah. And it was such an obvious answer, too. I know. <laughs> Can you guess who has the most podiums in this track? The most podiums? Mm-hmm. Lewis Hamilton. Sebastian Vettel. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, uh, it's Vettel with seven, followed by Ham with six, Alonso with five, and Ricardo with four. That's going to be a A couple of two, two trick ones, two tricky ones. But let's put the let's put the hard one first, and then I'll tell you the tricky ones. So the the one that I think is hard is: Can you name the last driver to take a podium in this track? That was not driving for Ferrari, Red Bull, or Mercedes. The last driver to, to take, take a podium, podium on this track that was, was not driving for Ferrari, Mercedes, or Red Bull. Sergio Perez. Somebody's like screaming in the, into their headphones right now. Um, let's see, last year. Oh, there was no last year. <laughs> the last two years well, da, 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 da. Uh, that's why I say can you guess because it's going to be more than we need to guess Renault hmm? oh no who's the, the driver? driver it definitely wasn't Nico Hulkenberg um, I'm going to go on a long shot Ferrari Red Bull or it wasn't Mercedes. Ferrari Red Bull or Mercedes it was not I say Robert Kubica. Too far back. Yeah. It was supposed to be Kimi Raikkonen finishing third and a Lotus in 2013. Wow, that's oh, still wow. a long time ago. Yeah. I'm looking for the other Who holds the record for the fastest racing lap? Right there, you pretty much gave you the, that it's not the what fastest you racing lap? Yes. Too. Fastest racing lap. So I would say I would have to say Sebastian Vettel. <sighs> you guys are not gonna get this name. Ever? In this track. Fastest racing lap. I'll give you another hint. Mm-hmm. He did it he did it in twenty eighteen. And again, in 2019, he also had the fastest lap, which was not a record. 
Okay, for 18 and 19, he had the fastest lap in those both of those races. That's what I'm saying. It has to be recent. Well, we're not going to get it? Nah. Um, Leclerc? That's what I was saying. Kevin Magnussen. Are you kidding me? <laughs> what? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Kevin Magnussen did it uh, in 2018 with a minute 41.9, you know, whatever. Yeah, he also did it in 2018, wow, but that was on a break. That makes I mean, sense, though. No, it doesn't. Yeah. yeah. No, it does. You know why it makes sense? Because th- those those years, the Haas was like a Ferrari clone, and the, and, and the Ferraris have always been good at this track. They just don't execute. But at Singapore, they've always been good. A little jab in, then quick. Hamilton holds the record for the fastest and, the, and just outright lap. And those years. Which he didn't qualify in, in actually. 19. Uh, no, 2018 as well. I remember those years that, that Haas was getting a lot of criticism because they were Ferrari, basically Ferrari. They were the white Ferrari. Yeah. Or the gray, I think, Ferrari. I had another one, another trick. This is the tricky ones. Can you name the team that had a driver finish second for five years straight from 2014 to 2018? The team? They had a well, driver finish second from 2014 to 2018. It's so one team that had a driver finish Second place uh-huh. from 2014 to 2018. Mercedes. Yeah. No? No, man. So I had to f- a driver finished second from, it has to be Ferrari. No, Red Bull. It's Red Bull. Really? Yeah. Red Bull, you know, did it in 14 was battle. Then Danny Rick for three years straight finished second, wow. which did it in 15, 16, 17. Damn. And Max did it in 18. That's it, I think. Danny Rick is going to win this race. Okay. Any good history? <laughs> history's not that um how you say that that uh spandle, but yeah, we got some history. I gotta find the right file then. <laughs> so yeah, after being put the Jeopardy music on while you're looking, Jesus. <laughs> 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 so after being absent for like, you know, I guess the past two seasons, not I guess it is. Singapore finally back. Uh the first Grand Prix was originally held, like we said earlier in two thousand and eight. And that same year, it was what gave us the crash gate. You know, what later became to be crash gate, which is where Nelson Piquet crashed on purpose. I believe it was the, I don't if, if I'm mistaken, he did it in the uh, in the fin- you know start finish straight. Yeah, which uh, the, you know later that was on after dumb place to do it if you're gonna do something like that. But it was because Alonso had already pitted. Means meaning he will be on first because everybody, everyone else will pit during the safety car. So when the safety car uh, finished, Alonso will be first and he finished the race yeah, first. I want to watch that. But obviously, Pickett super obvious. Pickett obviously opened his mouth after they released in the following year. Yeah, I, mean, I would too. <laughs> Shit. Burn it all down. Yep. Uh, it's home to Formula One's first night race. It's also held on public roads, which gives us you know the spectacular view of the night. So are we going to get a lot of porpoising? Uh, we should, right? Purposely and bumping. That's pretty much what drivers yeah. you know, complain. Uh, obviously, the race is also known for having a safety car in every race. Hello. The track going to be... be? Nicholas Latifi parting gift? I will say Schumacher. Schumacher? <sighs> Damn, poor Schumacher. <laughs> <laughs> the track tends to be one of the most challenging due to... Physically challenged due yep. to the heat and the drivers, you know, because of the bumping, bumpy roads. Because obviously, you know, especially... Because it's 21 turns and stuff yep. like that. Uh, the attendance has diminished. You know, it's been up and down this mm-hmm. track over over its length. But coming down from where we're coming from, all the other races, I'm pretty sure this year is going to surpass. Because the highest attendance they have was on their first year when it was like 300,000 people. Was it been two years or three years since we had? Two years. 2019 was the last one we yeah. had. 
Rebel has is the team with the most podiums in this in this um, in this racetrack, which is uh, thirteen total. It's more it's more than double what Mercedes and, and Ferrari have in this track. Which makes sense. You need a lot of aerodynamics on this track. Uh, most wins got to be locked in. So. I say chassis because McLaren, when they had their car issues, they were always good at this track. This and Hungaro ring because their chassis was always out of control. Good. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Ruben. most drivers by most wins by drivers better with five, Hamilton with four, and a gentleman last name Lawrence with three. He did like back in the sixties when he wasn't. It was called Formula Libre somewhere here. <laughs> <laughs> most win by constructors was Ferrari and Mercedes tied with four. Rebel has three and McLaren has two. Most win by engine manufacturers, Mercedes and Ford. They're, Mercedes and Ford, which was built by Cosworth in the past, they're tied with five, followed by another tie between Ferrari and Renault. Well, we're talking about Singapore? Yeah. Yeah. There was a race before that? It, it, in the 60s, there was a race, and it was called Formula Libre at that time, the one they were having those and races. That's, oh, and that's part of the, the records? Yes, yeah, it was still showing Wiki. That's where I got it from. Interesting. <laughs> Thank okay. you, Wikipedia. All right. All right. Uh, pretty much, again, highlights it we, you know, it's where crash get to crash get to place. Uh, 2017 being the first wet race, and they had the major crash between the Ferraris, mm. Max, and Alonso being taken out. Why is this always? Br- oh. 2018 Hamilton's magic, lap. L- magic lap that he didn't qualify in. That is one of the greatest laps of that all is... time, and it's crazy to watch the onboards on that lap. Watch the 360 on that if you guys could ever watch that on YouTube. That was probably. The most uh, when I as I've been an F one fan, probably the most magical lap I've ever seen live. That was incredible. Uh, Twenty nineteen to us seems like decades ago, but it was Paul by Leclerc and race when it was Sebastian Vettel, second oh, Leclerc, Max third. What do you got, Walsh? What did I miss? That's it on my end. Uh, predictions. So I'm gonna put the uh, pole lap that Lewis Hamilton pole lap in the show notes. Uh, but predictions, I, I got to see. It's got to be Ferrari, right? It's got to be Ferrari doing really nah. well on this track. If they don't screw themselves they will. again, they will. Yeah. So do you think Max Verstappen wins the championship yep. this week? This He's going to win the race this year. So He's he wins the championship. Mm-hmm. So just to repeat, Charles Leclerc needs to finish seventh or better to not. For Max not to win. If Max wins first place and has the fastest lap. Uh, I think that the Mercedes will do okay if the porpoising doesn't get them, but I think that it might yes. because this is a street track and we saw how it was bad in Azerbaijan. The Azerbaijan was the one that kind of led into, we need these new regulations. Um, I see Charles Leclerc winning this race. I see Max Verstappen in second and I see um, Carlos Sainz in third, Paris in fourth. Um, Qualifying, I see it pretty much the same way. Actually, I see Charles Leclerc, then Carlos Sainz, then Max. You guys could tell me if I'm going crazy. You are. Go okay. ahead, answer you, sir. <laughs> qualifying, Charlie gets pull because that car is super quick over a lap. Charlie. Uh, Max Verstappen and Carlos Sainz third. Um, Verstappen wins. And the reason why I'm doing that, obviously, this hard, this track is extremely hard to overtake. The only way that Ferrari wins is if they run a perfect race, which they have not all season. And considering that there will be at least one safety car, 
at least one, Ferrari will mess it up, and that will give Verstappen the victory. So that's pretty much along the lines I'm going. <laughs> Ferrari will have a strong qualifying, but they'll F it up in the race. So Qualo will be Leclerc and Paul, Max behind him. I would say science is there, and it's because Checo Perez is nowhere to be found. We still have to find him. See if he's still racing his one or something. <laughs> <laughs> he probably took a long, long back into the Mexico and we have a clone there. <laughs> Yo, where, what happened to Chaco? So for the for the race itself, oh, would be Max Verstappen winning. Uh, I will say sign second. And if the purpose wants to get them, Russell third. Am I crazy for that? Russell third? If the purpose is not gonna go nowhere, Lecrae's gonna go, he's gonna go out. He's not gonna But you the know there's gonna be purpose and you just said it. So no, what do you mean if? He said that, I didn't say it. Well, for, sure, for sure there's gonna be bad purpose around That is really like some so, fanboy ish. Yes. Leclerc is not finished. Uh, no, I mean Russell Russell third is not too far fetched. Yeah, they didn't say him when. Like I did for <laughs> like I did for <laughs> it's wishful thinking to me. And I, you know, it's happened so often, but being like, oh, Russell or Leclerc is gonna have an issue. Well, listen, there's gonna be safety cars. Exactly. So and know. Ferrari is gonna F it up. So I put Sainz second. That was a very long shot. Because the, he hasn't had no luck either in the safety cars stoppage and all that stuff. Look, can you at least have like one week say that Ferrari's gonna get it right? But I'm saying the truth. You you're you're it's your fault. You My jinx fault. them. I, I put some Every juju. Every week. <laughs> I put some juju on them. <laughs> There's a first week I'm saying it. Maybe I'm just I'm just I'm nah. doing reverse psychology nah. here on my prediction. It's not gonna work, guys. It's not working. All right, boys. Is there anything else to add? I don't think so. I think we got it pretty much all. It's actually very exciting that F1 is back for the past two weekends on Sunday. You've I've, been so bored. I've been bored and actually have woken up early trying to go to the race. And then I tried to do some work at the house, but then I said, ah, screw it, hell, no, I'm gonna go to Tofa. <laughs> so fast feels better. Well, so, you so caught all the groundhogs? Yes, I did call the, the groundhogs already. <laughs> yeah, it was a total of seven. And three <laughs> no raccoons. way. Yeah, the, no, Jesus. between two raccoons, five ground. Three raccoons. Three raccoons. Three seven raccoons and seven, seven groundhogs. Yeah, yo, dude. you're like. And yes, I did the humane thing. I released them back in the park, three miles away from my house. I still think you should have used the bow and arrow. Nah, man, I'll probably get killed myself. <laughs> you know, yeah, with a bow and arrow. You shoot yourself with a bow and arrow. So if anybody needs uh, pest control animal services, <laughs> New York, New Jersey, PA, greater wow. uh, tri-state area, I guess. Ruben got tips. <laughs> Ruben got I'm tips. not going to do it. <laughs> Ruben got tips. He can tell you what the perfect bait is. He is what a, works? Ruben, honestly, he's like a master baiter. <laughs> <laughs> and on that yeah, note, guys, make sure to follow us on... <laughs> Guys, make sure to follow us on Instagram. Thank you, guys. <laughs> At Jip the Start F1. Uh, please leave like a, a review drop. on the podcast, on your favorite podcast platform, Jump to Start Racing Podcast. Uh, enjoy race week. And until next time, we'll talk to you guys later Monday. Peace. Peace.